Welcome to the Intelligent Investing Podcast, where modern portfolio theory can suck it. A student of the school of Graham and Doddsville and a clergy member of the Church of Warren Buffett, here's your host, Eric Schlein. Hi, it's Eric Schlein. You're listening to the Intelligent Investing Podcast, and we have back on Braxton again. Braxton, how you been? I've been good, thank you. Yeah, good, dude. You seem to, I don't want to say you're necessarily bullish on shipping. Maybe you are, but you seem to be finding some value in the shipping industry. Would that be accurate to say? Yes, that would be accurate. So I think- now there's another company that you're investing in called Dorian LPG. I think you briefly brought it up the last time or one of the times you were on the show, maybe about six months ago or so. Tell us a little bit more about this company, if you will, because we didn't really get, get to talk about it last time you had briefly mentioned this. Well... It's very interesting. And this one is a Greek shipping company. I should, what? I wouldn't expect anything more. <laughs> It'll say anything less, but really I think it would be anything more. So um, I'm going to imagine before you say anything, it's a really terribly managed Greek shipping company. There's a lot of hair on it and it trades below Nat. No, most of what you said is, no, some of what you said was true. Okay. Well, let's some of it, right? Does, so tell, us, tell us the situation here. It does trade below Nav, but it's not actually... They've actually have a really good track record. Interesting. Okay. So, so how did you find this one? I just, I like follow all of them and then I watch which one they're trading below NAV. Right. And then the, when the discounts get a little uh, extreme, I, I get really interested. So last, last, I followed the company for a couple of years, but late in 2020, the stock traded down to about uh, $8. Which was really interesting because there was nothing. The rates at the same time it was fall, the stock price was falling. The rates were going crazy, and they had been in this essentially the not the stock the ships had been in a bull market for a couple, for, a, for a while. The stock it just apparently hadn't figured that out, so it was trading at eight dollars, and then the nav was above twenty, and then and then it, this isn't even some. It's not like they have 90% debt to assets or something. This is actually a really conservatively leveraged company. Okay, interesting. And, and tell us about the management's track record on this business. The management's track record is since they took it public, they um, haven't diluted shareholders at all. They've actually bought back a significant amount of stock at large discounts to NAV. And, and how are you calculating the net asset value? Uh, the business. You take all of the, the, they own VLGCs. So you take the secondhand market value of VLGCs and then you add it up and then it adds and, it, and then you subtract the, uh, the debt and then will you adjust for the, uh, the value of the. I'm asking, where, where are you getting those numbers for? Uh, yeah, value investor's edge. Okay, so also value investor's edge. You love value investor's edge, don't you? Yeah, it's a pretty neat service. You know, for listeners who may actually want to sign up for it, by the way, they're not a sponsor of the show, so I'm giving you guys a little free advertising. But it, they have a website that you can go to and check that it's out. It's a it's a service on Seeking Alpha. Oh, it's a Seeking Alpha service. Okay, cool. And it's pretty good. It's a lot better than not a lot of them aren't that good, so that's not high praise. But, but yeah, I was gonna say I, I've I've seen some of these services that were not impressive. But uh, and the, what's the but, guy who uh, runs it? Oops. There's two. It's mainly Jay Mitz Myers. And James Catlin, they work together. Okay. Shout out to them. They seem, if Braxton Gann approves of your service, it's probably a damn good service. 
So anyway, this stock now, is this a large position for you? Is this part of a basket? You know, how do you- it, it is a large position for me now because it's gone up so much. Okay. It's uh, I bought it at my, I bought it at one price and then it fell a lot. So then I bought more and then it was about 5% of my portfolio, 7% of my portfolio then. And then the stock price then was $9 at my average cost. And then now about 14 or 15. And the NAV is currently what? 23. There haven't been a lot of too many transactions in this type of vessel, but you can extrapolate from that it sits between 21 and $24. Okay. Here's my concern with these shipping businesses. And I, I would like to hear your view on this, right? I think markets tend to be mostly efficient. Would, would you agree it's mostly efficient? Obviously we wouldn't be able to do what we do if it was all fully efficient, but like generally things are pretty efficient. Would you say that to be true? Yeah, especially in a larger than a billion. Yeah, I, I look at situations like this and I'm always trying to figure out, okay, like, what am I not seeing? Am I being dumb? And you look at these businesses, right? Where if you clearly have a NAV that's lower than the current market price and personally makes me uncomfortable. Like, it's like okay, well, this is very simple. Now, sometimes things are just simple, but I'm just trying to give you my thought process here. So what I, this is what I wonder, right? You have this industry that over time destroys a lot of capital. Right. It's not, it's over time, it has not been a very good industry. It, it's very irrational. They tend to do things at the worst times. Things are great. So they're going to build all these new ships, which is like the worst time to be doing that. And then you and then they go into these like massive depressions and, 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 and now they're loaded with lots of debt. And then you, you get the drill. I'm obviously speaking to the choir here. So my concern with these businesses and why I personally have not been a buyer, even though I think what you're saying is very compelling, is long term it's should these businesses ever trade at NAV? If, if these companies are, are are if you're in like this horrible industry that's very irrational and things may not change it, it always I, I just like i remember in high school it was the same story i was like oh things are changing it's just around the corner buy all these companies that below nav like i remember excel maritime with something i looked at in like oh five or something i was in high school and was trading like pennies on the dollar of, of nav. And then it went back because they did, they took on all those dead and then you know, those dry ships, which was a horrible, and we talked about that on the show before, what a horrible business they were. And so if I look at, okay, 10 years from now, and maybe there's still a bunch of crap and maybe they've gone through a cycle or two and it's maybe they never traded nav and maybe they're only worth like 70 cents of nav because they're that poor, poorly run. And in the meantime, you could be buying some business that's cheap-ish, but growing at 20% a year. And that's why I'm always weighing the opportunity cost. Like, do I want to buy a shipping company at half of NAV? Or do I want to buy something that's growing at 20% a year at 15 times earnings of the small cap? And that's what I'm always weighing against. So I get it if it's 10 cents of NAV or something, something ridiculous, or maybe opportunities in some of the distressed debt where it seems like, okay, you can actually get par and things trading at 30 cents on the dollar. But I always get weary of, of the common stock when they're always trading at half of net. Because I don't know, I don't, these companies seem to rarely trade at, at, at SM value. Push back, I, or, if, or you do agree with me here. Obviously, you don't uh, really agree with me because you've invested. So. <laughs> well, I, I certainly agree with uh, basically with what you're saying because over, I've looked at that. And over the long term, you're right. Shipping, investing in ships generally gives you the about over time, you earn the returns of corporate bonds. Yeah. 
with the volatility of junior minors. I mean, yeah, exactly. And that, that's data. <laughs> yeah. But w- when you look at the individual companies, they um, they don't just, just decline at a steady. They don't, and, and then of course you have the tanker, the shipping equities are just like call options, and naturally they decay and eventually expire worthless. But <laughs> in general, all of us here. But they don't do that. That's not a steady downward decline. They go to they're 50% of NAV. You buy at 50% of NAV and then rates are right as rates are going up. And then suddenly they start making a lot of money and then they trade at 90% of NAV. Or if you're really lucky, you trade at a premium at a big premium to NAV. How do you know when to get out? Just uh, don't s- stay too long. I usually, personally, I usually scale out as it gradually. When do you start selling? Like, do you have a personal threshold for you? Like when it gets to X of NAV, it's when I'm going to start selling. I look, I, one of the things I look at more than the valuation is the order book. When they, if they start doing crazy things and building a bunch of ships, then I get, uh, I get nervous. Yeah. As, as you probably should be. Any, anything else on this business before we wrap up? I think it's a pretty simple idea. It's there. There's obviously, it's not really as, as simple as what I've said. If you look at all of the, there's all sorts of factors that go into demand and people worry over it's going to decline because of this or this or shale shale is going to not grow as fast but that i think that these are generally a little bit sensationalistic fears in this case without really looking at the whole picture do you know if anyone's ever done a study on if you were to be buying these companies like at X of NAV and selling at X of NAV, you know, what your returns would have been over 20, 30 years in an industry that's been pretty bad. I, I don't think anyone has, at least that I'm aware of, because the, you would have to have, the data you would have to have for that is not something that the people who would do those type of studies would, they wouldn't have that data or be interested in calculating that. Yeah. But I do know that my returns overall have been good. I've had, it's very volatile. So I've, I've had stocks that haven't worked out, but overall my returns have been pretty good since I started. In- did you ever invest in Scorpio tankers? Like I can't remember if you ever did or not. Yeah. I invested in that. I sold it recently. I think that was the first podcast we did. And it was like yeah. 26 when I invested and then it went to 40 and then it went to 12 and then I, I, I bought some more and then it, now it's back at 23. So I may, I did make money, but it's very interesting. You didn't? Experience. What? You, you did not make money or you did on that? I, I did make money, yeah. but not as much as if I had invested in like the S&P 500. So that wasn't like my greatest investment. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, always interesting Braxton and uh, you're welcome on anytime. I appreciate having you on. Well, it's always enjoyable. Thank you. I talk to you later. Thank you for listening to the Intelligent Investing Podcast with Eric Schlein. If you'd like to connect with Eric for questions, comments, feedback, ideas, or to inquire about being on the show, please contact Eric at intelligentinvesting at gmail.com. So, in the words of Charlie Munger, I have nothing to add.